If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And I tell you, after watching, after watching what is going on in, in the Senate confirmation hearings, you should be very thankful that you found a place where conservative, where someone cannot be bitter. My heavens, the things that we have been subjected to in these hearings is quite candidly remarkable. Remarkable. We've got, my goodness, Senator Maisie Hirono, the radical from the state of Hawaii. We've got Cory Booker, a.k.a. Spartacus. You know Spartacus. He had a Spartacus moment back in 2018 during the last Supreme Court justice nomination process. He's having another one today, asking some stupid questions as well. These are not these are just not authentic, genuine questions. These questions, the things that we're subjected to, are nothing short. Nothing short of it, again, it's political theater. Absolutely positively political theater. And that is what we have been subjected to during during these days of hearings. You may have seen yesterday, yesterday near the end of day number two of this uh, ridiculously stupid process. Now, I'm not, look, I'm not suggesting that there, in fact, I've, I've discussed with some people who thought that there shouldn't even be a hearing, and I, I said, I don't know if we want to go that route. Some people said we might as well. We have the votes. Let's just call it to, you know, she's been, uh, been through this process before for appellate, uh, for an appellate judge position. What else is going to come up from this? And I, look, I, I'm not. I understand that viewpoint and think it should be taken under consideration. But I also think that there's nothing. There, it's good to have a hearing, but th- that presupposes that the Democrats are not going to be insane, which they are on that committee. So. I'm not suggesting that the hearing itself is a bad thing. In fact, this is part of the process, at least traditionally, if nothing else. The, the Senate, again, it has the advise and consent rule, so it stands to reason that this should be a part of the process. It's just what 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 our founders could not have truly foreseen is the amount of 
bad political theater we were going to be subjected to. So I'm reminded of, in fact, I had a friend last night tweet me a link of Spartacus, good old Spartacus. Cory Booker, you may have, uh, decisions about- you may have forgotten that Cory Spartacus actually ran for president. He was a Democrat nominee uh, for president, not the nominee, but the candidate, I should say, for president. And this guy is, look, he's, he's at one point yesterday, Amy Coney Barrett, that's what I started to say. At the end of the confirmation process, she was asked by Senator John Cornyn of Texas. He said something along the lines of, your colleague or the, the the senators, my colleagues up here, um, have all been referencing pages of notes. Would you like to share with us what you're referencing in the an- the way that you answer the questions? And she kind of gets this little grin, and she holds up she holds up a blank notepad, one of those tiny notepads, you know, something like you would get at a at a hotel. They've laid it uh, some official Senate. A little notepad, sheets of paper on her, you know, by her microphone where she's sitting at that at that table for now two days, listening to people pontificate and ask ridiculous questions and put on just again bad political theater. She holds it up and kind of grins, and it's completely blank. It's completely blank. You see, the Democrats over there, like Maisie Hirono. Corey Spartacus and the rest, they're reading from scripts. The reason they're reading from scripts is because to them, this is political theater. See, you don't need a script if you're authentic, like Amy Coney Barrett. You don't need a script if you don't have to keep your lies straight or if you don't have to keep your series of manipulative comments, misleading comments, talking points straight. You can just get up there and talk. It's a refreshing thing, actually, as you stop and think about it, to think, that there are actually people, there are actually people who are willing, A, to go through this nonsense, willing to go through this nonsense, B, to do it with, again, her integrity shines through in this, her integrity. And they're trying, they're trying for all their worth to pin her, to pin something to her that's going to derail this nomination prog- uh, prod- process. Again, Maisie Hirono is one of those folks. We'll get to that. But I'm reminded of this. Oh, yes. It reminds me when I see Corey Spartacus up there. This is what he said back in 2018. The last time, the last time the Senate Judiciary Committee was in a hearing with a Supreme Court nominee. This time it was Brett Kavanaugh. You remember the circus and the sideshow and the nonsense we were subjected to there when this Again, I'm looking at a fox is showing her hold that uh, pad of paper up with her little grin, <laughs> with her grid. Um, but anyway, I'm reminded of this. This is political performance at its worst by the radical left. This is Cory Booker back in 2018 during the Kavanaugh hearings, dramatically telling us this was his Spart- Spartacus moment. Listen to this. Morgan Miller Plumbing has well, been... Well, gee whiz, folks, it didn't. Read the soundbite here. Hold on a second. I got to recue this thing. But Cory Booker, to give context, Brett Kavanaugh is actually in the process of being, you know, supposedly going through the same 
situation. Amy Coney Barrett is that remember they they found information, they found um, individuals who were prepared to make comments about Brett Kavanaugh and about uh, basically how terrible of a human being he was. And instead of handling this the way that you should back in 2018, instead of handling these matters with sensitivity, making sure, again, just investigate. They could have investigated this quietly. That's not what they wanted. What they wanted was exactly what we got, which was a which was a sideshow. They thought they had the goods. They thought they had the um, you know the, 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 these allegations of basically wild, rampant rape parties and so forth that Kavanaugh was a part of back in his high school days or college days or whatever it was, and they waited. They waited until they thought this could do the most damage to Kavanaugh, and that's when they unleashed it. The guy, remember, he couldn't even coach his little, uh, his, his young daughter's basketball team because of what was said about him during these hearings. They don't care. So it was during that, that was the, the, the scene, as I've got this cued back up here. Corey Spartacus, listen to this stupidity comment he makes the stupid comment back in 2018 he makes more yesterday here he is in 2018 about the closest i'll probably ever have in my life to an i am spartacus moment oh my gosh the closest he's ever been in his life to having his i am spartacus moment give me a break this guy is a political i'm a political hack a complete and utter political hack and if you don't believe that if you don't believe that, then just take a listen to what he asked Amy Coney Barrett yesterday. This is remarkable. May I remind you, as I know you know, but may I remind you that Amy Coney Barrett has adopted two black children. Now, from, I think they're from... Haiti, okay. They're from Haiti. Oz had to remind me. I had to pause. I wasn't sure. I knew they were from uh, outside the U.S., but I forgot the, the nation. But anyway, so they're from Haiti. Two adopted black children from Haiti, and she is being accused. Well, I don't. she's not being openly accused, but she has to actually a- answer the question because it's asked by tough guy Spartacus over here. Spartacus looking for his next I am Spartacus moment. We can only sit back and watch the silliness of this, the predictability, the insanity. Again, this is political theater, and it's bad. It's bad political theater. At least if you're going to subject us to political theater, make it good. You know, Senator Spartacus, could you at least take acting lessons? Because this is pathetic stuff. He actually is – listen to this. Listen to the questions. He, asks, he actually asks Amy Coney Barrett. The mother of, you know, two adopted black children from Haiti, which some on the left have accused her of adopting these children only to make it look like she's not a white supremacist, that she's not a racist. So what does she do? She has to go out and find children from another country, a poor country, right? Get them into her family so that she can say, look, I'm not a racist. This this is what... (laughs) This is what they think. It shows how little they understand about people who actually have a heart, who have a passion, a desire to go through the process of 
adopting children or fostering children or helping children in some capacity like this. This is a big commitment for people to take uh, to, to do things like this, and they do it because they love, they, they have a heart for helping and serving the children that they bring into their homes. This is remarkable. The question he asks, again, the mother of two black children. Just let this sink in. Here it is. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad to see that you said that. I wish our president. No, that one didn't start where it said. Look, here's the full comment. Come on, do it correctly. Here we go. white supremacy, correct? Yes. Thank you. I'm glad to see that you said that. I wish our president uh, would say that so resolutely and unequivocally as well. But we are at a time that Americans are literally fearful because their president cannot do that in the resolute manner in which you did. I'm, I'm sorry that that question oh, had to even be asked. so sorry. What a Condemn what white a supremacy, putz. correct? What in the world? What in the world is this? He asks the mother of two black children if she can condemn white supremacy. You you can't see – maybe you have seen this, but you can't look at it right now because of the beauty of radio. I guess you could – Facebook, I could put this on the split screen. But you don't see her her face. She looks genuinely confused by this. She looks genuinely confused as though – I wish she would have said – Senator Spartacus, I have two black children. In what universe would you think? Would anyone think I am a white supremacist? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I've got to, I've got to ask this question. I'm so sorry. It's because our president. I can't. He had no choice. He. It was in. in, in it was dictated from heaven above. This question must be asked, Corey, Senator Spartacus. Ask this question. The life of the republic depends upon it. Ask. Amy Coney Barrett, if she is in fact a white supremacist. You must ask her. You must ask her decency, morality, our constitution demand that we ask this question. And what on what grounds? On what grounds do we need to ask her this question? This is bad political theater. This this sort of stuff, look, this sort of behavior in my estimation, clearly disqualifies someone from being a serious, serious someone who should really be serious in their pursuit of being a senator in the United States. What on earth? Folks, this is designed to do nothing more than to allow Corey Spartacus, tough guy Corey Spartacus, to actually use his time to make political speeches instead of genuinely ask questions. This is not about, he did not think, in in what universe does one believe that Amy Coney Barrett has to explain that she's not a white supremacist? I'm telling you, now I will say this, the radicals out there, the radical left thinks that anyone who is a Republican today is must explain why they're not a white supremacist. The starting point is Republican, conservative, you're racist. Not only are you racist, you're a white supremacist. It's not just, and not only that, you have to be anti-racist. You can't just say, I'm not racist, I just try to treat people this. No, you got to be anti-racist, and they define what that means as well. That means that you are, you have to prove that you're not, not a white supremacist. 
Again, this isn't the only stupid question she was asked yesterday. There's a whole bunch. But another one I want to get into is the uh, discussion that Maisie Hirono, senator from beautiful state, lovely state, radically insane state, ideologically, the state of Hawaii. So we'll talk about her stupid comments as well. How Amy Coney Barrett sits up there and puts up with us, which she has to. I know this is part of the the process. She's not. She's a very intelligent. She knows. I hope I, everyone has to know by now the lengths and the uh, the lengths to which the radical left is going to go to try to either a just simply make this a soapbox moment where they stand on their soapbox and talk about you know their political ideology or their hatred for Trump or some silly stuff like that. This is not about genuinely reviewing her credentials. This is about trying to catch her in a moment. This is about trying to create some narratives whereby they can motivate people who are voting to vote against Trump. This is what this is a campaign event. They get on Trump for having a campaign event at the White House. Maybe they should look at themselves and say why are we holding a campaign event in the US uh, in the US Senate. That's what they're doing. This is a campaign event. This is an anti-Trump rally. This is about as many people as they can get to an anti-Trump rally, short of them being paid by some radical George Soros group. But anyway, that's what we're witnessing. This is silly. This is nonsense. And these folks should not be, I mean, they're U.S. senators. I don't don't know what to say. Like, the position should be respected. But they themselves have proven that they are not worthy of our respect. They are not worthy of the office if this is what they're engaging in. This is this is sophistry. This is this is pharisaical behavior back in biblical times. This is about again trying to trap somebody, get them to slip up. This is not about the pursuit of truth. This is not about the pursuit of decency. This is not about the search for someone who is trying to fill a Supreme Court vacancy and determining whether or not they will actually interpret the law in the Constitution, the law and the Constitution as written, as intended. It's not about any of that. It's about, again, trying to trap them, trying to trap her, and trying to create political soapbox moments to help the Democrat Party to harm President Trump and to to, to campaign. That's what this is about. More stupid questions that were sub, uh, that that Amy J- Coney Berry was su- subjected to yesterday. Yesterday, we'll talk about those when we get back. You're listening to the most conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. I want to clarify something. I felt a little. <laughs> I want to clarify. So, the Senator Booker is is acting is putzing around. I said he's acting like a putz. Now I looked it up to confirm. I'm not calling him stupid. What I am saying is that he's engaging. If you look up the word, the verb putz. It's a it's about engaging in inconsequential behavior. That's what he's doing. This is, again, it's, it's basically engaging in uh, things that are silly. 
Look, ask her questions. That is fine. But what on earth are you a are you are you a white supremacist? Sorry, I got to I've got to ask the question because the president's a white supremacist. <laughs> oh, I want to play the soundbite. Maybe I should. Maybe I'll do it next segment. But Media Research Council has put together nineteen or twenty soundbites of the president directly uh, condemning. Um, rebuking, whatever word you want to use, white supremacy. He does it. In fact, he, in one of the sound bites, one of the interview question, times he was asked about an, in an interview by Chuck Todd, the very impartial, <laughs> what is the NBC News political hack? Chuck Todd, President Trump said, I've, I've, I've condemned. I've condemned. I've rebuked. What do you want me to do? Can, can I condemn? Can I rebuke? What word do you want me to use? Okay, and then Chuck Todd says something like, okay, so you rebuke. Yes, yes, for the 57th time, I do. What on earth? Corey Spartacus, these folks are so deceitful. They are absolutely, positively deceitful. And one of the reasons they're allowed to get away with this or able to get away with this is because they're dealing with well, folks that are complicit in the radical, uh, the leftist media. Again, professional deceivers. I want to go on the record here. I say this regularly, but I want to be clear. The media, by and large, is full of those who engage in professional deception. Professional deception. They act. They still act as though President Trump in his post-Charlottesville speeches and conversations and press conferences and whatever else was saying that the neo-Nazis and the Antifa thugs, those two thuggish groups, had good people on both sides. It's not clearly what not what Trump was saying. In fact, he said that. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about these radical groups. I'm not talking about the KKK and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking about people who there's another there were two other groups there. They were protesting the removal of statues from the Civil War. President Trump said there's good people on both sides. Neither one of those groups, they just had different opinions. They had different viewpoints on the issue, and, and Trump was saying there's good people on both sides. Why would Trump say there was good people in Antifa? I mean, if, we, if you want to look at it that way, if you want to start with the premise that Trump is a white supremacist, I mean, that's deranged, but okay, let's say that, that that's that's the starting point. Why would Trump, let's say that he's, why, why would he, can you imagine a universe? I think I saw someone make this point in a, a Prager U video, but why would Trump say there's good people on both sides? That that basically says that he's calling people an Antifa. Good. Can you have you can you find a single time in all of his attacks or discussions of, on on Antifa that he's mentioned Antifa in such a positive way? He doesn't talk about that is a radical group. In fact, terrorist group designation is how President Trump talks about. Antifa. Why would he say there's good people in Antifa? In President Trump's mind, it's like saying there's good people in some other terrorist group. Anyway, pausing here. I'm going to have to take a break. I want to I play these Maisie Hirono uh, moments yesterday as well. She gets on the nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, for earlier comments that she had made using the phrase sexual preference instead of sexual orientation. Then she also asks her a, a series of questions, a couple of questions that, I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane 
these questions. But again, it's for political consumption. This is this is to uh, they ask these crazy questions because they want you to think I have to ask them because President Trump has created a scenario in our system whereby we have a bunch of white supremacists running around. We have a bunch of uh, people who are sexual predators running around. And so she unleashes a couple of questions on Amy Coney Barrett. She says, I asked these, maybe she does. I don't know. I don't watch all these boring you know, uh, hearings all day long, but maybe she does ask these questions of everybody. Just listen to this and just think, is this really, <laughs> is this really what the founders envisioned this to be? It's not funny, but I just, I can't help but laugh at the stupidity and the amount of putzing around inconsequential behavior we're watching from these folks engaging in very, very bad political theater, not about a confirmation of a judge, not about trying to find someone who's qualified, not about any of that. It's trying to make political points, trying to trap her in some statement, trying to demonize her or the party, the president that, that nominated her here as we're just a couple of weeks out from the election. So I'll play these when we get back. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Oz makes a good point here behind Behind the uh, the scenes here in the break, going back to Spartacus, you know, she pointed out that in the vice presidential debate, vice presidential uh, vice president Pence was accused of mansplaining and interrupting Kamala Harris, and we had all sorts of people upset about this. Now we have Spartacus, who may be now known as the mansplainer. Spartacus the mansplainer out there constantly explaining things to Amy Coney Barrett. I don't remember or hear of any people uh, on the left, anyone on the left that was outraged by this. Spartacus the mansplainer explaining to a mother of black children, adopted black children from Haiti, um, really just that whole process of white, what white supremacist, uh, supremacy is and why he had to ask the question. Mansplaining is what he was doing. I don't see any outrage about this today. But then again, of course, we knew that we wouldn't. It's just simply worth pointing out. Here, here's Maisie Hirono, as I promised, uh, getting on Amy Coney Barrett yesterday during these proceedings um, for using the wrong term, for using the term sexual preference instead of sexual Orientation. I want you to listen to this exchange yesterday again at the Judiciary Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee's um, hearing on Amy Coney Barrett's nomination. This morning, Senator Feinstein asked you a question about the Supreme Court's 2015 decision in Obergefell v. Hodges, a case in which the court recognized the constitutional right to same-sex marriage. And I was disappointed that you wouldn't give a direct answer on whether you agreed with the majority in that case or if you instead agree with your mentor, Justice Scalia, that no such right exists in the Constitution. So even though you didn't give a direct answer, I think your response did 
uh, speak volumes, not once, but twice. You use the term sexual preference to describe those in the LGBTQ community. And let me make clear, sexual preference is an offensive and outdated term. It is used by anti-LGBTQ activists to suggest that sexual orientation is a choice. It is not. Sexual orientation is a key part of a person's identity. That sexual orientation is both a normal expression of human sexuality and immutable was a key part of the majority's opinion in Obergefell, which, by the way, Scalia did not agree with. So if it is your view that sexual orientation is merely a preference, as you noted, then the LGBTQ community should be rightly concerned whether you would uphold their constitutional right to marry. I don't think that you use the term sexual preference Yeah, so there's that. You know, I've never seen – I don't know how they expect folks to to keep up with all of the politically correct or incorrect stuff that we can and cannot say. In fact, I remember – I remember seeing forms like um, – I wouldn't doubt that – I would almost be certain that somewhere – in government documents in this nation, there's a box that one under uh, that you can check. Maybe I don't even know. Maybe the census form. I'm not saying it does, but it would not surprise me if it still says sexual sexual preference. The, the things, and then she goes on to say, I don't think you meant it that way, but I want to correct you and make sure that people know that you are anti-LGBTQ. That's basically again the point of this. The point of this is to – I don't know if you can – can you woman-splain? Is that a thing? Probably not. I don't know if you can – Oz is not sure. I don't think you can. I think you can only mansplain. If you're a woman, you can explain anything to a man or another woman. No word as to whether or not you can do that uh, until you know how they identify. But, you know, how are we supposed to keep this stuff straight? Really? I mean she's just having it. She, she's answering questions without notes. Remind, remember she held that – blank notepad up the the senators have their notes they have effectively their cue cards they have their script they have their talking points that they can work into their performance you know she's actually we're playing two different well one side's playing a game the other side's trying to take this seriously amy coney barrett is showing up for what she presumes of course she's not an idiot she knows what's going on here but for what she would presume would be an actual hearing where people wanted to act, you know, engage in conversation about issues and ask her questions about her judicial philosophy and all those sorts of important matters. The, the left, the radical left, the sport, uh, Spartacus mansplainers out there want us instead to be subjected to political theater. It's a game. It's a, it's a script. It is fake. It's like reality TV. I saw, what is it, Bachelorette last night? Pedals in the office watches this stuff. I think Paws in the office watches this stuff too. I don't watch the what at Bachelor. I think it was Bachelorette. I think it was. I don't know. I don't watch it. They don't like it when I say that it's more scripted than TV that actually had scripts like, you know, Seinfeld or whatever, sitcoms, those sorts of things. 
But I'm going to say that what we're witnessing in the Senate, Petals might be happy to hear this. I think the Senate, what we're hearing from the Democrats in the Senate is more scripted than what we even would see on The Bachelorette or The Bachelor. And that's saying a lot, folks. That's saying a whole lot. But see, they want, at least with the sitcom, you know, back in the days when they made sitcoms, people... Uh, you know, they they spent money to bring, you know, to, to buy the rights to air or the network sometimes would make their own sitcoms or whatever. It didn't have to be a comedy. It could be a drama or whatever. But they invest in people to try to we all knew was was a story. It was it was actors that were engaged in, in this this process of, of playing a part and a role. Then reality TV came along and now they want you to think it's real. But a lot of these most of these. Reality TV shows are more scripted than the actual scripted TV shows were. And that is – look, this is – this Senate hearing in a lot of ways is akin to modern reality TV. And sorry, Pedals, for bursting your bubble on this <laughs> teasing. But anyhow, this is just the way that it is. It is bad political theater. It is silly and we are watching people putz around in there, engaging in inconsequential dialogue and uh, absolute silliness. Got to take a break. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So not only, not only did Senator Hirono get on Amy Coney Barrett about the term sexual preference, she also, she also asked her something that she says that she asks everyone, everyone who is, um, Everyone who is a uh, nominee for – sorry, I was trying to – I had this queued up, but it's replaying that. I grabbed the wrong soundbite, but she actually asked her. She actually asked her. I'll read this to you. I saw this yesterday and uh, saw it from a blog, uh, like a, a feed from Fox as to what, you know, question or what was being stated at the moment. I, I couldn't watch at the moment where I was. But it was a series of, of uh, you know, questions and things that were happening at the, at the hearing. And she actually asked her, let me read this to you. It's, I got this on Fox here. Actually asked her. Unbelievable stuff. <laughs> she says, she asks her if she's ever committed sexual assault, whether she's ever um, used the you know any any words that could be construed as sexual harassment. I mean, this is. Well, let's just ask her. Every, let's go through the, the criminal code. Let's go through 
all the things that one can be accused of, you know, all the crimes someone can be accused of. And let's just go down the list. Just go down the list and ask these these questions. I, I just find this so problematic to think that you're going to take the time to ask her. And like, what's she going to say? Yes? Is that what she's going to say? She's going to say yes when when Trump nominated me. I, you know, backed him against the wall and gave him a kiss or something. I mean, what, is, what do they think is going to happen here? This is just absolute silly nonsense that we're subjected to. And it's to be taken seriously and why are they asking these questions well they're asking these questions funny you should ask because that's really what they want to get into they're asking these questions because trump is has destroyed all things decent in our uh, in our government and society trump's out there nominating a bunch of people who are guilty of all sorts of things sexually explicit things sexual harassment sexual assault and so forth meanwhile Look, I don't hear any questions about uh, for for you know for Joe Biden. This 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 whole Tara Reid situation. It, it, I mean, we never heard anything else about. It. I'm not suggesting he's guilty. I'm just suggesting that there's only curiosity about things Republicans might have done if they just you know Democrats can just randomly put a blindfold on, spin around in a circle, and just point at the wall and whatever question is pinned to the wall there, they get to ask it. Meanwhile, there's a series of legitimate things. There's been an allegation made by Tara Reid against Joe Biden. I'm not suggesting it's true. It could be. It could not be. I don't know. We don't know anything because there's no curiosity on that stuff. In fact, that stuff is blown off as completely, you know, just um, political, political uh, politically motivated, it can't be taken seriously. But but you can literally ask someone who's being nominated for the Supreme Court: Have you ever basically been a uh, engaging in sexual harassment or assault? Have you ever done that? Crazy times in which we live. I got to take a break. Listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back here in in just a minute. Welcome back. Not much time remaining, but I did want to share this really quickly. Found this on the Bongino, or actually a Bongino record, uh, report, I think, from a tweet that came from Rona McDaniel, the GOP chairwoman, talking about the rally that Trump had in Florida, the recent rally back in Sanford, Florida. There were 15,852 voters that were identified. 31.8%. These are at this is at the rally. 31.8% were not Republicans. 16.3% were actually Democrats. 24. Point, think about this. 24.4% of those at the rally did not vote in 2016. 14.4% did not vote in the last four elections. That's who's coming out. To the rally. Interesting. This is why they don't want Trump having rallies. This is why they'll tell you it's about 
whatever else uh, they want to tell you it's about. But, folks, this is ultimately about politics. Everything's about politics for them. I've got to go. Time is ticking away. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.